Hello and welcome to episode 1155 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, March 13th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good day, sir. Good day. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's a big week. We are fully in the midst of draft season. Everything's going crazy baseball-wise. WBC is in full effect. It's a great time for baseball. How about yourself? Doing well. Just getting ready to go to New York in a few days, trying to get as many articles done as possible. And uh, yeah, just excited. Draft season, baby. It's, you know, it's the a few best. days away from New York, about a week and a half away, or I guess two weeks away from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, this is the time. We got back-to-back trips. It's great. We're both going to the same spots on them. You, you'll write 25 articles tonight in preparation, yep. and I'll have to be doing work in uh, both of the respective venues that we're at because I just can't write like that, and I'm so jealous of how well you can churn out your articles, get ahead, and be prepared. But it's okay. Um, I'm very excited to see you in New York, although it's going to be freezing, and I'm not very happy about it. <laughs> it won't be too bad. Not freezing technically, but yeah. cold enough for me. But I'll be prepared. Don't worry. And I'll be there. It's supposed to snow tomorrow. There will be snow on the ground, probably. As long as it's on the ground and not coming, and just I don't want I don't want to hear that. Yeah, Let's I don't think on. it's supposed to snow while we're there. We have a sleeping child, so we need to make sure that mm-hmm. we're not going too long here. Got a few things to talk about, and then we'll get into targets after pick 300 using the Rotowire online championship data from March. I think that's uh, 33 drafts worth. You did a recent uh, episode with Jason back on February 5th, to top uh, post 300 picks using category targets. We're just doing positions here. So there might be some overlap, but I know you tried to bring up some new guys. Um, and since I wasn't on that sleeper article, I figure we could run another one back. But first, things first. Joey Manessis hit two homers yesterday. <laughs> and they were moonshots. And we've been pretty anti Joey Manessis throughout the uh, draft season here, throughout the fall and sp- and winter, into the spring here, including invoking the name Frank Schwindel Jr. in there or, or dubbing him Frank Schwindel Jr. Are you changing your tune at all based on these on these two homers or just further study of him too? I know the two homers alone wouldn't do it, but where do you currently stand on Joey Manessis? I mean, I don't know that I was low on him. I haven't changed my projection for him pretty much all season. This doesn't change anything for me either. Like, to, you know, I got asked a bunch of questions about like Jared Kelnick and like, oh, where do you have him now that he's had, you know, this huge breakout in spring? I'm in the same spot I had him two weeks ago. Like, you're I, lucky because if you had changed him and not Manessis. Yeah. Like, and I mean, the same thing with Manessis. Like, this doesn't change anything for me, but I also wasn't like super low on him. I had him. Like right around first baseman, 15, 16, mm-hmm. 25 home runs, 265 batting average. I, I think what really helps him uh, is that he's going to play, I think. Like, I mean, Washington sucks. Like and They're terrible, and he'd have to completely fall on his face. Yeah, and uh, maybe 25 home runs is a little light, um, but I think I'd rather just err on the side of caution. Because as much as I know there's been a lot of pushback in the industry about people being like, oh, saying he's like the next Frank Schwindel is uh, lazy analysis. I don't think it is lazy analysis. I mean, they have very, very similar profiles, um, you know, of guys who were much older than we usually see break out, uh, made a lot of zone contact, uh, you know, in their major league stints. Like, I don't think that I think there's a lot to be like, hey. If we were all hyped on Frank Schwindel last year and he fell apart, I think that's in the range of outcomes for a guy like Joey Manessis. Um, 
That being was he said, that good in the minors, though? Was he that good? Oh, actually, I guess he kind of was. Yeah, I'm looking at it right was. now. Like, I was it, asking because I didn't know. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's a bad comp, but I also don't think it's necessarily a bad thing either because while it didn't work out for Schwindel, I think the argument should be we made the right analysis and it just didn't work out. So I'm kind of mind you anybody on, else. I mean, it reminds me of a lot of people doing this for this many. I, I'm talking about Adelise Garcia, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, like, I think the analysis that he is Frank Schwindel like is fine, but that doesn't mean he's going to fall apart in the same way that Frank Schwindel fell apart. Um, okay. You know, and I had a lot of lot of shares of, of Frank Schwindel last year. Burn me. Doesn't mean I'm not going to draft Joey Manessis because I see a lot of similarities. If anything, I'm probably going to take the discount because people think that that's somehow a bad thing. I will say your rank, as you pointed out, uh, rightly on, on Manessis really wasn't egregious yeah. or anything. Mine might've been, mine might've yeah. been, I've actually kind of moved him into the zone that you're talking about here. And I got to say the one thing um, to kind of cover myself a little bit on that with regards to Manessis is it wasn't the power or anything. It was really, really light on the runs and ribbies. I was sub 70 on both markers and they're bad. The, the Nats are bad, but I think somebody playing every single day, batting in the heart of the order, even a crappy order, I, I think he's going to beat those thresholds. So I did alter those. I didn't add like 20 homers to his bottom line or anything and say that now Joey Manessis is going to hit 35 or anything. Uh, but moving the batting average up, I gave him a bit more batting average credit. And I moved the runs and ribbies up to 72 seven, and 84, respectively. And maybe the 84 is a little hot, but I gave him some juice there. Already had him for mid-20s homers. Tacked on a couple extras. And voila, he's up there at first base 16. You said you have him at first base 15. So yeah. now we're back in order there. So it's going to look like an overreaction to yesterday, and that's fine. I accept that. But I figured I just had to do a little bit more research on him because I was, I was light. Um, on the on the counting categories there with Joey Manessis. Jordan Walker suffered a shoulder strain in spring. Doesn't seem like it's going to be a huge deal. At least that's what he's saying. This is a guy that uh, obviously we've been pretty hot on talking about him throughout the winter. Are you concerned here, or are you hoping that this uh, delivers a discount and, and tamps down some of the some of the rise that jo that Jordan Walker's been feeling, and then you can get back in? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually kind of. I'm not glad Sabi don't want to see anybody get hurt and especially a shoulder strain because that can be uh, very, very devastating as we saw from like Josh uh, Young uh, in the minor leagues last year. But this is kind of nice because it starts to tamper down a little bit of the uh, outrageous hype. And like, and I know I've been partly leading that hype, uh, but at the end of the day, like, like he shouldn't already, like we don't know if he's going to be like going in, you know, going to be on the roster for opening day and people are started taking inside the top hundred picks. Um, what? And yeah, it's happening. Like go look at like all wire online championship drafts. Um, and you're starting to see him like move up towards the top hundred and like settle in around like one twenty, one thirty. 30, I want to say. Um, and so, Oh my God, 80 men pick. Yeah. And so for like, Jordan Walker, oh my, and that, that is before knowing, like if he, if he's going to be on the opening day roster for sure, then yeah, I'm, I'm here for that price. Like I don't have a problem with that. Um, but like, I, I, I'm not going to be able to get him 
if they announce that he's on the opening day roster. I'm just not going to pay a fourth or fifth round price for him. As much as I really like him, I'm glad I got some early shares because I think the mm-hmm. hype's going to be insane. This doesn't scare me at all. I think he's going to be fine. Um, if anything, though, this gives them the opportunity to go, hey, we want to make sure he's healthy like the, like the Blue Jays did with Vlad Jr. a few years yep. ago and send him down for the first three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and so I think if you were expecting him to be on the opening roster the same way that I was, I think now it's time to reevaluate those uh, kind of beliefs. I feel like that's happened with other guys recently too. And because my brain sucks, I can't remember who those people are, but like other prospects that we're tracking, they get a little knickknack injury and then it makes it easier for the team to say, well, we're just going to make sure he's healthy because you can only get healed in the minors, not in the majors. Uh, but I get it. We'll see what happens there with Jordan Walker. I did not realize he was already pushing into the top 100 in some leagues. Again, if he's locked, loaded, and starting on the team, I, I start to get it. I, I'm someone who will be aggressive. I was very aggressive in uh, Vegas on Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, last year. But before he's announced going Jordan Walker top 100, that's tough. Uh, Michael Kopech made his Cactus League debut yesterday, yesterday being Sunday the 12th. Sorry, I know that not everyone listens to these the day they come out. So Sunday the 12th, he was cooking for three perfect frames, hitting as high as 98. What do you think about Kopech? He had a really interesting year last year where that ERA uh, looks wonderful. Uh, well, actually, it ended up looking fine by, by the end of the year, 354. It did get pushed up, but for a while it was looking amazing. But it was one of those things where – he was having some really odd starts. The walks were going crazy sometimes. He'd get blasted every once in a while. It was always an injury concern. He was difficult to start. It was really, really tough with Michael Kopech to get those 119 innings of a 354 ERA and 119 whip. And the Ks were way down too, 7.9 per, uh, which is you know a, a 105 in 119 innings. What do you think of Michael Kopech? That's a 21% rate, by the way. Sorry, I was looking at B-Ref there, and they put the K-9. What do you think of Michael Kopech and his, uh, his sharp debut encouraging you to uh, you know consider him more if you weren't already? I kind of was because I'd seen some video of him throwing bullpens, and um, I don't know if he changed the grip on his changeup, uh, if, if I'm remembering it correctly, but all the reports were like that. Uh, or maybe he added a changeup. Uh, all the reports were his fantastic pitch, and they're like he's he's got his velocity back. He, he you know he's got this new pitch or you know or, or reshaped pitch, uh, and he looks phenomenal. And I went, oh man, I don't want to miss out. So I've been taking kind of some calculated gambles on him, and I'm going to continue to do so. I haven't watched the start from yesterday, so I'm definitely going to sit down probably uh, this afternoon and kind of uh, take a look and see what I think. Uh, you know, with a live look, but. All the reports are really, really tempting. I do want to temper people's expectations not to like go overboard because he has not stayed healthy uh, consistently over the course of his career. But, uh, I mean, considering where he's going at this point, he's definitely worth a gamble. Kopech will be major surgery, though. You throw another, not major surgery. Uh, don't don't misunderstand me there, folks, and think I missed the bug there. But he will he will rise like crazy if he continues to have a big spring. A few more quality outings here. Toward the end of spring, he's throwing five six innings of good work. I think I think Kopech then becomes somebody who could be like a top one twenty type of pick if yeah. that happens. Say. Say he doesn't he doesn't miss the rest of spring. I don't I don't even miss um, time. I mean he he doesn't uh, falter, and the spring numbers are excellent. 
are you taking Kopech at an elevated price? No, there's just too many really good established pitchers going in the top 150 picks. Like I can't, I can't get him up that high. Um, okay. And he needs to be like probably outside the top 200 for me to even consider oh. it. And I just, I don't Hopefully know. You already got some shares then. I do. I do have some shares. Where's he going right now? No, no, he's not going there yet. I'm just oh. saying with a good spring, there's no way Kopech stays outside the top one, top 200. He's at 275 right now. Um, I think yeah. this alone will push him up 50 picks. The, the the three perfect frames. You throw in a few more great starts in the in spring. He's easy inside the top 200, inside the top 150. I think without a doubt, if he has a strong spring for Kopech. Yeah, if he's going that high, that's too high though. Like I mean, like okay. as much as I I'm very tantalized by the um the upside and there is a ton of upside here i mean this was we called him baby thor coming up right like he was supposed to be the next cinder guard before great well, you know back with rodriguez or michael kopech at around pick 170 i think i'm going kopech because i think they're going to limit grayson rodriguez in games in quite game, a bit, yes. and he won't be eligible for as many wins um so i think that would be a big issue for me uh, Dustin May at pick 150. Oh, that, I, I wouldn't take Dustin May inside the top 300. Okay, you can't stand him. Fair enough. It's just where are the innings coming from? Like, how many? No, innings no, I'm, I'm not just I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not, I, yeah. I didn't know that you were that out on him. I, yeah. I had forgotten your thoughts on him, Freddie Peralta or Michael Kopech. And I'm not going to tell you. Oh, I think I'm going Peralta. Okay, but it's pretty close, right? Or is it not? If it's not, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think I'm not trying is. to bait. I am trying to bait you a little bit. No, so that, I don't that's, think that's, that's pick one forty. We've seen it in the major leagues from Freddie Peralta. We've seen it from from Michael Kopech, just not for a full season. I'm yeah, not just talking seen, last we've, year. We've seen it for an extended time. For for like for Peralta, that's fair. If I was turning off injuries for both guys, Peralta is the better pitcher. Oh no 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 no! I do not agree with that at all. If you are given full health, I'm definitely taking Kopech. I, I, they're close though. This is not an anti-Peralta take; it's a pro-Kopech take. And it was only 144 innings that that 2021 for Peralta. So it, even that still isn't a full season. I think for a pitcher to say a full season, they should at least qualify for the ERA title, which is 162 innings. Nobody so, qualifies for. I know, like seven guys do in, in a given year now. But uh, okay, we'll keep we'll keep monitoring him because I think he's somebody that as as draft season evolves, we're going to want to keep talking about Kopech to kind of see where he's at and where people are taking him. Let's get into some of these sleepers here. We're going by position. Pick 300 or later at the Rotowire Online Championship. This is at eight, uh, the NFBC ADP. You go in the drop down, you select Rotowire Online. You go from March 1st until today, which is March 13th, to follow along. You can make your own picks. If there's anybody that we don't talk about that you really thought, hey, I thought that's a good sleeper, hit us up on Twitter or in the comments of this post on Fangraphs. Let's start with catchers. And uh, you went Homer here, but I will say, there were a lack of options, so you might you, you might have just and you're on the clock. I am you might have clock. just gone. <laughs> you might have just gone with that because uh, there weren't too many great options here. But talk to us about a bit about Joey Bart and if you still really have hope for him, or were you just picking somebody because of the limited options? I was picking someone because of limited options, and I I have drafted Joey Bart this year. Yeah, so um, you're tr you're true to your word there. I I didn't mean to make yeah, it sound like you, you I, I don't actually him. believe in him. 
he's gonna play like he's gonna yeah. play you know the majority of games behind the plate in San Francisco um he's having a good spring but he's had good springs before mm-hmm. so like I'm not I'm not like thinking like oh this is a sign of a breakout like there is he cannot hit off speed or breaking stuff would, like he can hit a fastball he's really good at hitting a fastball he hit it far mm-hmm. and hard um, that strikeout rate last year for Bart, 39%. You, you look at the splits on breaking stuff and off-speed off, off speed stuff, and it it's pretty embarrassing. That being said, he's a former, you know, early first-round pick. Um, he set a lot of prospect pedigree. The Giants clearly believe in him because they would not make him part of previous deals when they were trying to compete in 2021 uh, and uh, even in 2022. So I – I want to think that there is a an outcome in the multiverse that he is going to be good, uh, but more than likely he's not. And this is this is why you should draft catchers earlier than the last rounds of your uh, you know twelve team or two catcher leagues, right? And for one catcher, yes, league, don't, yes. don't worry about one it. One catcher, you can you take, you can take wait the twelfth or fifteenth off the board, depending on how deep your league is. But in a two catcher league. Uh, yeah, you. This is why you invest in because the advantage you get from having good catchers and other people having to roster and play bad catchers is huge. Yep, the one dollar catchers uh, they really hurt you. They yeah. really, really do. You, you think you save those extra dollars in an auction? I know we're talking draft here, but in an auction, you're like, I'll do the one dollar catchers. I'll use that money elsewhere. You're usually not making up the gap of the negative that those one dollar guys do to you. They really sting you. Um, also, you took mine. So, and I was going to say, I was wondering if you had up, interest yeah. in this guy here, and we do not want to double up on picks. And I took Nick Fortes, and uh, this is a guy that got the Log and Hang and Co-Sign in our NL episode, too, which I really liked. But uh, he sneakily had nine homers, five steals last year in 240 plate appearances. Only hit 230, but at catcher, not killing you because of the volume there. And we know the batting average is being lower. Um, you can also live with a lower batting average, so I'm not even that that peeved by a 230 average from Fortes. That said, I do think that there's a little bit of upside there too. I think he could be somebody who hits closer to the 250s in the majors with that pop. I don't know about that speed. I don't know if I trust it. He did run eight times. He was five five for eight, which obviously isn't a good rate, but the fact that they let him go eight times is nice. Never really ran in the minors. So do not see this as a, I'm going to get a few supplemental steals there. You might, but do not plan on it from Nick Fortes. I'm doing this because of the bat because I think he can hit double-digit homers and give you a pretty decent average. And I think Jacob Stallings' time, um, I don't want to say it's up, but I'm, I think it's going to start to get cut into to where his defense isn't good enough to carry the bat. Like, it's a good it's a good bat. Or, excuse me, it's a good glove, good glove, good glove. But the bat last year in a 71 WRC plus after back-to-back years of capable 94 and 92. Obviously, 2020 was uh, only 143 plate appearances, but I'll take a 94 and a 92 WRC plus from a quality backstop. 71, you're really starting to run that line there of, of, of difficult to maintain when you can get such a better bat from Nick Fortes. You might take on more of the uh, more of the rough glove there, and I wonder if you might snake some at bats over at first base. Now I know that they have. Garrett Cooper, and they just signed who they just signed? Oh, uh, Yuli Gurriel to a minor league deal. So I understand that the first base at bats might be cut off a little bit, but I'll just take him as a backup catcher. I got no problem with that. Nick did, Fortes for the did you see? Did you see the uh, tweet that they were uh, going to work out Yuli Gurriel at second base? 
Oh my God, I did. Eric, uh, our guest, Eric Samolski from Friday tweeted me that and he said so much for them caring about their up, up the middle defense. Yeah. Sandy That's horrendous. moving down my ranks as we speak. I mean, yeah. Joey Wendell and Short and Yuli Gurriel. All, all, all of their guys, yeah. and many of whom I like. Yeah. I like Alcantara. I, I love Alcantara. I like Rodgers. Um, mm-hmm. Excuse me. I'm fine on Lazardo. I don't hate Edward Cabrera and Johnny Cueto. Like I like all five in in the right format. That is a hit. That is an absolute hit there. That this defense is 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 what it is, and they're not looking to make it any better. So I agree with they're, you there. They're actively looking to make it worse. Yeah, they're purposely like making they, it they, worse. They, they were going like, "Hey, this seems fine. How can we fuck it up? Can we make this shittier?" Yeah, yeah, let's get a 39-year-old Yuli Gurriel and throw him at second. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go over to the position that he should be playing only, first base. And I, I like your pick here. Um, this is, again, you stole my pick. So Okay, I well, we'll both talk about him. You know, I, I, w- I would have traded you here. I, th- I think I might have landed on this guy as well. Talk about a favorite of ours from previous years that has kind of fallen out of favor, but he yeah. just signed in the best place in the world, the hit, baby, Colorado. What's up with Mike Moustakis over at, uh, at, with the Rockies? It's a gamble. I think it's a gamble. You'll know very, very quickly whether or not it's not or whether or not it's going to work. I mean, yeah, this is a guy who's hit, you know, 35 plus home runs in seasons. Uh, Colorado has signed him. It looks like I don't know if he's going to play second or if they're going to move uh, Ryan McMahon uh, to mm-hmm. second because your boy Brendan Rogers got hurt again. I, By the way, we haven't discussed this, <laughs> but we had a board bet the first board bet of the season. Um, on how many home runs I believe it was Brendan Rodgers was going to. I think you might win that one. I'm not because we put a caveat on there, which was yes. dumb because part of my argument was that, that he gets hurt, he gets hurt all that. the time. You and that. I, I don't know why I gave you the caveat out right there. Um, so I'm so that's already a push for our first board <laughs> bet. Um, just annoys the hell out of me. Uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, I don't know if Mustak is going to play second or Ryan McMahon is going to play second, but either way. Uh, he's first and third eligible. I hope Mustagas plays second because that would be like kind of perfect for his eligibility. Yeah, give him that triple. And it's kind of a who knows situation. Sure, either he's going to be washed, uh, or the shoulder isn't going to be right, or whatever, and you can just drop him and move on to the next guy. But the upside's huge because if he can hit, you know, if he plays every day, uh, he can probably hit thirty plus home runs, and the huge outfield there will help. You know, his uh, batting average. Uh, be inflated a little bit. Yeah, I think it's a worthy gamble in deeper formats. I think so, too, with Mike Moustakis. He played 140 games combined the last two years, so injuries have really eaten him up here in his mid-30s. But we're talking sleepers. We're talking striking it rich. And if he lands on a 135-plus game type of season where he can finally stay healthy, you'll love it there in Colorado. Or, as you've outlined, I forget who you got this note from, you can stream Rockies pretty comfortably Kevin Hastings yeah Kevin Hastings just in Colorado even in weekly formats so even if it ends up being you not, know the not in weekly formats so this is an NFPC oh, oh. or daily move so NFPC oh, has the pride the NFPC with, that's right that's right that's right the that's way right. like all the Rockies home series like fall this year is they're either Monday through Thursday or Monday through Wednesday or th- uh Thursday or Friday through Saturday so like like you get to like just perfect. You can get like 80 to 81 home games without taking any of the away games. So yeah. in NFBC, it makes a lot of sense. Last round pick. I mean, he's going like, I think like around pick 500 in DCs right now or something like that. So like, yeah, take the last round pick and see if it works. If it doesn't drop him real quick. Yep. I, I love that with Mike Moustakis. Um, and like you said, has first third eligibility. 
will get second perhaps if they want to slot him over there. But even with just the two corners, I'm chill with that. I would love to throw some mid on there. Uh, I went with Dom Smith, a guy I wrote up. I've been doing these breakouts by position. Uh, I did first base the other day and included Dom Smith. I just I don't think he's as bad as he was last year, but plain and simple. I mean, he hit zero homers in 152 plate appearances. That's pretty brutal. It was awful, right? There's I, I don't really have to expound on how awful he was last year. 67 WRC plus. Yes, I get it. Even with that, and in 86 in 2021. So both of those pretty bad. Add it all up. It was a an 82 for 645 plate, basically a full season of an 82 WRC plus, even with that. Dom Smith's bottom line is still a 100 WRC plus 1,373 plate appearances, which tells you how good he was before then. Um, and now it is confined basically to 2019 and 20 when he put up uh, 396 plate appearances of a 150 WRC plus. But the bottom line is that if he's healthy, I think he's a quality player still. And you talked about the playing time with Manessis and how it's going to be free and clear. I think Dom Smith can get the same thing. Now he probably won't have as luck long of a leash as Manessis because Manessis was so good last year and is already looking wonderful here in spring via the uh, WBC. But I think Dom's going to get an opportunity to just play and see what's up. He's off to a nice start in spring. I liked him even without that, but I do like that his uh, plate skills are looking sharp. He has four walks and, and a homer already. So Dom Smith, you said he, you liked him as well. He was going to be your pick if I didn't take him. I think he can get back uh, and, and and be a quality player, even as just a strong side platoon with occasional lefty starts. I think we're talking upper teens homers and a decent batting average. Nothing too flashy. <laughs> Throw him in your corner or your util and use him uh, on occasion. Another guy that you'll kind of know early on whether or not yes. he's, uh, you know, anything. Uh, they also get an early trip to Colorado. Yeah. So uh, he and Mustakis can go toe to toe. Yeah, I mean, you got Josiah Gray and Kyle Freeland giving up bombs left <laughs> and right. So, like, it'll just be a nice little home run derby and an opportunity for us to see, are these guys actually worth anything? Yeah, no doubt. And so that's Dom Smith. Mike Moustakis over at first. Let's hit the keystone here, second base. I like your guy, and I forget what article it was or if it was a podcast or something, but I had a question in the comments basically talking to me about Isak Paredes and saying, you know, you're sleeping on him type of deal. And I was like, oh, you know. I can take a second look. I do have some questions about him, but in the format that we're talking about here, post 300 sleeper picks, Isak Paredes, he has the triple eligibility that you're hoping that Mike Moustakas can get. Talk to us a bit about the Rays uh, guy here, Isak Paredes. It's Isaac, if, you're, uh, if, if you've read the name before, but it's pronounced Isak. So uh, give us some thoughts on him. I think he's going to play fairly regularly. Um, and uh, he's got plenty of power in the bat. I think people forget that this is like a former top 50 prospect from when he was with uh, Detroit. And big, yeah, big he always graded out as having like an above average to plus hit tool. Uh, and I think he got a little bit unlucky last year uh, in terms uh, of a 195 Babbitt kind of <laughs> a holding, little down, <laughs> holding down his batting average. But in spite of that, like he still hit 20 home runs mm -hmm. in just 381 games. And so like, I think he's the kind of guy who, gets like 425 plate appearances, hits 20 home runs, does it with, you know, a 260 kind of batting average, and he's triple eligible. Like, he's one of those guys you get to put on your reserve list, and he's one less hitter you've got to put on your reserve list. And you know, another guy you can take, you know, you can use uh, another spot on a pitcher or a different kind of hitter gamble. So That's um, a great call in terms of team build. I yeah. love that. That's why we love eligible guys so much. 
So yeah, I just think he's, I think he's super, super interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I've been drafting him kind of as a reserve guy or even an MI in, in deeper formats uh, as, you know, just a guy who gives my team a lot more flexibility. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know what my disconnect is on Paredes because, yeah, usually you look at a guy like this. He's also – I don't even think you mentioned the fact that he's 24. So yeah. a young guy like this who showed big-time power last year with the 230 ISO and 20 homers in those 381 plate appearances doesn't strike out a ton, 18% with a 6% swing strike rate, does take walks with a 12% yeah. mark, and had a 195 Babbitt. That leaves a ton to like. Unless you think a 12% uh, line drive rate is going to repeat, that's that, that's a lot of, of positives working for Paredes to where he could have a, a smash year, I think, even. And so, yeah, I will give him a second look, and I think I might have to up his, uh, up his projection a little bit. My one concern is the Rays and playing him because sure. he does have the platoon wherein he's, he's not very good against righties in, in particular. Now, he did have enough power against them to where I think his OBP, or excuse me, OPS last year against righties wasn't too bad, but for his career, Paredes has uh, been a, a platoon guy where he doesn't really hit righties that well and just destroys lefties. He did have a 701 OPS, but that was the power really helping him. 196, 297 on the uh, average in OBP. But again, if you think a 192 Babip is going to continue against righties for Paredes, I don't think so. So you know what? I think I got to give him a deeper look and uh, and really see what's up with him and maybe maybe tune him up a little bit on the uh, uh, on the results here because I I gave him 21 homers, which is what you said. I gave him a 237 average. That's where I really think he could he could make me look bad though. Like, would it be that crazy if this guy hit 260? No, I, I think he, I think he probably will. He's one of, I think, eight players in Major League Baseball if he had qualified starts, so uh, mm-hmm. or qualified, qualified uh, enough of qualified play appearances. But he would have been one of, I think, seven or eight guys with a 90% zone contact or better and a 25% O swing or lower. Um, like, he has got really, really good plate skills and eye for plate and or eye eye for the uh, strike zone so like mm-hmm. i'm i'm very very interested in him uh and he's a guy that i i do have to give a shout out to our listeners because uh they there were listeners who like came to me and like you are too low on isaac parades so we um, both we both got that yeah, heat. yeah and i went back and looked and yeah i was um and he's another guy i think i still need to kind of up his projection a little bit going into our big drafts yeah because even against lefties Paredes had a 203 Babbitt, which again, there doesn't really seem any reason that he should continue to hit that low. And so I really think that um that, that even the projections with their with their batting average projections are are pretty rough. I mean, they they did bump him up a good bit. Usually when you give a guy 30 plus points of of projection, you're like, okay, that's that's a nice jump from his 205 average and his 209 career. But I do wonder if, like I said, he could really surge and be something who hits in the two, somebody who hits in the two sixties uh, with his batting average and that quality power. Just a lot to like about him. If he was a little bit better against righties, I think he'd be uh, being hailed as like a star potential breakout. But as it is, as a sleeper, I like Isak Paredes. Good call there. My guy is Michael Massey for the Kansas City Royals. Now I think he's a little bit hidden. He came up last year, fifty-two game sample, hit four home runs, three steals. Uh, nothing too crazy, but with 243 average as well, 
but he's been a great hitter in the minors. And I think he kind of, you know, didn't perform to the level that he can based on those minor league numbers. And I think he's going to take over the second base job. I know Nicky Lopez can pick it, but he seems like it's time for defensive utility, man, for him. The dude just doesn't do enough at the dish. He had that one Babbitt fueled year. 2021, it was so obvious that it was just Babbitt, 347 mark. He, can, he went right back down to 267 last year, 265 last year, and the batting average cratered from 300 to 227. And that's in line with what he had done the previous couple of years. So he, Nicky Lopez goes as his Babbitt goes, and he doesn't strike the ball well enough to consistently generate a quality Babbitt. So I'm picking Michael Massey to win the job, and I think he can have a really sharp season here. Put him in my second base breakouts with a 271 average, 16 homers, and eight steals and 460 plate appearances. I think he can be really good, and I think there's actually upside for more. His minor league record says that uh, he can be an absolute monster, but I'll go with the nice – you know, steady projection, nothing too crazy. I think there's even upside beyond this for Michael Massey. Big fan of his. I know Jeff Zimmerman and I talked a good bit about him in previous, uh, uh, you know, in last year when we were doing some, uh, you know, just random chats like, what's up with your boy Michael Massey? Because he's a Royals fan. He's like, I love him. So the, if you like the Jeff Zimmerman co-sign, then, uh, then Michael Massey's got that as well. What do you think of Massey in KC? I'm not super interested. Like, I mean, I, I think he's... I think he is a perfect accumulator that is going to be a strong side platoon, so he can't accumulate. If he was to find an everyday role, he would make a lot of sense as a guy who could be not necessarily a breakout, but a guy who could return pretty good value for where he's going in drafts. The problem is I think he's going to be strong side platoon. I know um, that I know that Jason Martinez has that on roster resource, but who's the platoon? Nicky Lopez is a lefty as well. I'm not so bought in on Samad Taylor taking that bad time i mean from massey you might be right like i i just he he wasn't good against lefties in his you know and obviously it was a really small sample sure i don't want to like overblow it or anything um but uh, they'll find someone like unless maybe he gets if he gets like the first opportunity like maybe he can just prove i can hit lefties too he, um, Massey destroyed lefties in the minors last year, 921 okay. OPS. Um, oh. The year before, it was a 717, so not great, but also not putrid, right? Lefty, mm -hmm. lefty, a 717. I'm not You'll losing my that. mind over yeah. that if I'm a ball club. So I, I think even as strong side platoon, though, I gave him 460 plate appearances in that projection. I think that's and, fine. Like, I think that's and that's fine still 18. For, yeah. Do you know where that puts him, though? Like, uh, I'm guessing 18 home runs because you just said 18. No, 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 no. Do you know no. where that ranks him at the position? Oh, no. Pretty dang high. I'm pulling it up right now. My uh, my uh, 21st, which, I mean, that's uh, right right behind Tyro Estrada. Basically, I, I said he could be this year's Tyro Estrada. Yeah, you know I still have Tyro Estrada low. I moved him up. Whoa. That's, me mo that's me moving Tyro Estrada up. Oh, what is wrong with you? I have him for 11 and 17. <laughs> Why do you hate winning? I've. I, why are you so surprised by this? I He's going to be first Tyler or Estrada. second in the lineup. What oh, do you have for his runs and RBIs? Super cool lineup. Nine and 11. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> 61 runs, 54 ribbies. Oh, I think that's low. Yeah, I think that's low. Um, is it? Oh, wait. For a guy who's hitting first or second? He's gonna hit second. 71 and 62. He's going to hit second year. against, he's going to hit first against uh, lefties and second against righties. I mean, I'm shaving 10 off of both numbers from last year, I guess. But yeah. like, 
That's I don't think he's going to add. I don't. I don't think Tyrone Sean is necessarily going to add to those numbers. I don't think he's going to. But anyway, really, uh, back to Massey. Sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I. I don't think that's a bad projection. I'm not that high on him, but like, I don't. Okay. I don't have a major pushback. Like, he's again one of these guys. Like, you can just drop if he isn't working out. Like, if he's if he's only playing, you know, four out of every seven games. Like, okay, fine, you drop and move on to the next guy. Yeah, with Massey, I'm going to ride it out as far as the performance a bit. But if the playing time isn't there, sure, yeah. then I think I can make the move. But but with playing time or with the performance, I'm gonna let him go a little bit because if his babbit like sucks crap early on, I'm gonna. I don't I'm gonna think there's a ton of lefties in the central either, right? Like it doesn't like Minnesota have not have a lefty. Is it Minnesota? I, I don't think that they do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, no, they're so. all righties. Tigers have uh, Matthew Boyd. Well, foreshadowing. We'll talk about him. And yeah, we're talking about him. Foreshadowing. We'll talk about we're him. About him too. Yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, what other team is there? That's uh, Cleveland. White Sox. Cleveland has nobody, and then the White Sox have nobody in their projected yeah. rotation. So I mean, that actually makes me a little like now I'm starting to think four sixty plate appearances is right on. Because like, yeah, they don't. There's not a lefty in that division. Like there's you know one lefty or two lefties in that whole division that he's going up against. And if if we get a little good luck with some of his out of division stuff from Michael Massey mm-hmm. that he doesn't run into lefties. I'm looking at the AL right now. Just AL projected rotations. Lefties are light, dude. I'm seeing one in mm-hmm. Baltimore, Boston, and Houston. Um, LA has a few. I know that LA has all but one. So when yeah. they face the Angels, Michael Massey might get a little breather. The mm-hmm. Yankees have one, and right now he's nicked up, Nestor Cortez. The A's have one, and that's if JP Sears. Or no, excuse me, they don't have Ken. Why don't we have Ken Waldachuk making the rotation? Did something happen to? Him? Okay, I disagree with Jason on that one. I think well, I either way, it'll be one lefty. I, I think I think he's probably going. Does it really matter who makes the rotation in Oakland? Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, two for Seattle. So there's not a lot of lefties in the National League, and I don't know how much the Royals end up even playing the Angels. So that's really the one team that you're like, wait a minute. Uh, by the way, maybe that should give you a look on some uh, lefty platoon, like some righty platoon, some short side platoon guys in the AL West that aren't on the angels. Maybe you give them a second look in your AL only league. If they're playing the angels, you know, you know how like you play home and home with teams close. Sometimes mm-hmm. you might want to jump on. I, 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 this will be a good point to name somebody like that, but I don't have one off the top, like a David Hensley or something. He mm-hmm. could jump in for Michael Brantley. And if they're playing the angels in two sets out of three, you put him in type of deal. But anyway, Michael Massey, big fan, uh, Isak Prentice, Becoming a bigger fan, and I think I need to adjust him up a little bit. Let's go to shortstop. This is a guy you've talked about before in the past. He's been around for a little bit, even though he is still a baby. Go back to Washington here and talk to us about Luis Garcia, who is just going into his age 23 season here. Yeah, I think people think like, oh, man, he used a prospect that never panned out. Like, he got brought up at, like, seven. Like, he was <laughs> – he, he had just been at potty training by the time they brought him up. Uh he could hold I, I the bat upright. No, yeah. get in the majors. <laughs> exactly. I don't think he's ever going to be like a star or anything, but I think people are also sleeping on him. He could be uh, an accumulator too. I think. Yeah, why could he be Jonathan, like a prime Jonathan Scope, like a guy yeah. that can hit twenty-five, maybe more home runs with a decent average, plays every day, uh, out of position at second base uh, and shortstop. You know, so like. I like it. I like Luis Garcia as kind of a fallback mm-hmm. option. Uh, he's a guy I'm targeting in a lot of places. Also, Jonathan Scope. I almost put him on this list. I no did too. Draft, no one's I did too. Him. 
and I understand why, but like if you get really desperate at second base, Jonathan Scope makes sense. He's he's forgotten, and last year was dreadful. I grant that, but he has a history that says that he's not that bad. He's gonna play and, every day, like he's like, exactly. When, you, when you're getting towards the end of your draft, like one of the things like I really want is someone who's gonna play first and second base eligibility too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he lost second base last. Year. I know he played a lot of first, but I, I think Scope has dual eligibility too. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, he only has second right now. He yeah. might earn first, but that's the better one anyway. You, you yeah. First, you don't, you don't need that one as much. So, yeah, I almost put him on too. So, a good secondary mention of scope over there at second base. I like Garcia. Um, I can see myself drafting him. You talk about playing time late. Boom. There you go. Um, shortstop was really thin on post 300 picks. You were laughing after you picked Garcia because I hadn't picked my guy yet. I, I put bring up the list. I was like, who the hell is here? Now, that doesn't mean I don't believe in this guy that I picked, but it was slim pickings. The only guy that I would see myself picking of those remaining dudes was Elvis Andrews. And he's still, you know, he's still going very late. Uh, and I will say, you know, the market is not overrating what he did last year. And that's good. He did put up 17 and 18, though, home runs and steals in 577 plate appearances the bulk of which or not i guess not the bulk of which but the volume though the way it was broken down in the plate appearances um it was much much better with the white Sox. he put up eight and seven with oakland in 386 plate appearances and then andrews put up nine and eleven in 191 plate appearances with the white Sox. he was awesome he was league average with Oakland, though, 98 WRC+. plus. So even if he falls back to being a 98 and he just accumulates homers and steals, I'll take that from Elvis Andrus. I think he's actually being – I mean, I was about to say I think he's being slept on. This is a sleeper pod, Paul. Of course he's being slept on. That's why you picked him, you idiot. But I think he's really being overlooked. Um, it's almost kind of like what we were saying uh, with um, – who were we saying that about the, at the beginning where the market isn't overrating them like Adelise Garcia last year and then we said another guy this year? Who was that? Who were we talking Manessas? about? Manessas? Oh, yeah, I guess it was Manessas. Yeah, because he isn't he isn't terribly overrated um, draft price-wise. So, yeah, I, I like uh, I like Elvis Andrus. He's old. He's boring, but I would take him for sure. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if you're in a pinch. But I think this is just why, like, yes, I know everybody keeps saying, like, Oh, shortstop so deep. It's deep. It's deep. There is a limit top. to that deepness. Yeah, it is deep at the top, but you get past like pick 150 and you don't want the rest of the shortstop. So like, I think you're dead right on that. I think you want to try to get. I mean, there are a couple guys going after 150 that are interesting. CJ Abrams is equal to yeah. I, I knew you'd find a way to make sure that you still yeah. didn't crap on yeah. Abrams there. Our boy Hassan Kim, you know, he's yeah. having a nice little. But you get past pick like two something and you go, oh no. Like you definitely don't want those guys as your starting shortstop. Maybe no, no, no. Uh, so don't and, wait so, there. Yeah, and then don't, like, oh, I'll get somebody late. Like if I'm entering any league size with Elvis Andrews as my starting shortstop, things have gone horribly wrong. I agree because also think about what your opponents are getting with that star power at the top. Yep, and that's the thing about when there's star oh, when there's a lot of star power. To me, that doesn't necessarily mean wait. That means attack it, leverage that star power because then you're falling behind if you don't get any of those top 15 stars or wherever your cutoff is. But for me, it's 15 with Carlos Correa. I want at least one of those top 15, if not two. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down. I'm down to take two of them. Uh, you know, so that that's where I'm at with shortstop for sure. Let's bounce to the outfield. Uh, excuse me, third base first. And I loved your guy here. I picked before you, but you still stole my guy in a weird way. But yeah, no, I, I, I like my pick, but uh, I really like this guy. So talk to us about Spencer Steer over in Cincinnati. 
So I, I think there are some real flaws with Spencer Steer in terms of you're not selling uh, him. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm starting. This off, guy blows. Remember that old show, like the pickup artist, where like this yeah. cheesy guy talks. You're negging. Really, him. really, yeah, I'm negging him. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I think there's a hole at the top of Spencer Steer's swing, very similar to like Nathaniel Lowe, that he might get eaten up by high velocity fastballs. That being said, um, Cincinnati's going to give him every opportunity to play and close up that hole. He's been really, really good in the minor leagues. It is the, I think the best park to hit in, in baseball. Um, you know, I think it's even better than, than Colorado. Um, and why, why do you think, cause I think I agree, but I want to see if we think for the same for, reason. For why power you- for, I think you just, it's easier to hit home runs out because the outfield is so big in, in Colorado. So I agree um, with that, but I also, because of the, it doesn't have the negative impact on you when you leave it that as well. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you can get those Cincinnati guys. Yes. They're going to be better at home, but you don't feel like you have to sit them on the road the way we've talked about so much with Colorado. So I, I actually agree with you there. So, uh, yeah. And I think he's going to hit, you know, somewhat decently kind of in the middle of that lineup. Uh, it's, it's interesting because I think Cincinnati is quietly a really fun, interesting team to watch this year because they've got a lot of guys that I go, I could see something going right with them. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. like, it's, I don't think they're going to be good, but I think there's a really low possibility. They could be good. Um, if that I don't disagree. Sense, no, no, I don't know. Uh, like green Lodolo Ashcraft as the front three. I like yeah. all three of those guys. You know, they got to mm-hmm. find something in the back there. They got to find a bridge to Diaz, but the offense, I mean, how many of the guys have we hyped? Myers and Fraley, Fred Friedel, uh, mm-hmm. our three outfielders that we love there. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, I'm a huge fan of his. Jonathan India, I know you've talked about. If Votto is healthy at all. Like, at all. Still quality. Joey Votto. Like, yep. And um, Spencer Steer now, too. Yeah, so, and I mean, Kevin Newman's had some hype. I like Kevin Newman as kind of a late guy. Uh, you know, he, he's a guy that I put uh, kind of on my bench, he plays second and short. Um, Cromulent everyday guy with, especially if you need some batting yeah. average uh, and a little from, bit of speed. Yeah. Newman. So, yep. Uh, I th- so I think Spe- uh, Steer has like an opportunity if if he can close that hole at the top of his swing, um, to like hit twenty five plus bombs with a decent batting average. And like so I, I think Cincinnati's going to give him every opportunity to be successful, uh, in this lineup. So yeah, I'm. I'm I'm taking gambles on Spencer Steer. Not on every single one of my teams, but a guy that if I need a third baseman late, he's the fallback plan. Yep, I'm I'm with you on Steer. Uh, hit thir- uh, hit 15 homers and 336 plate appearances last year in the minors. Came up, you know, only hit two and 108 uh, in his in his sample. It wasn't a great sample, but if anything, that's keeping the price down. I still believe in Spencer Steer. I'm going back to the well with Brian Anderson, a guy I have liked for the past couple of years. Health has been obviously a big issue there uh, in Miami with him. He's going to the best park he's ever hit in. I, I say that as if he's been in more than one. He's only hit in Miami, <laughs> but he's going to a good park is what I should the way I should frame that. And um, this is another one I think, like we've been saying, you're going to know early if he's healthy. Is Brian Anderson healthy? Yes, keep him. If not, cut him. That's it. That 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 for me, that's the calculus because when he's healthy, he's a plus bat. And uh, it's not a ton of fantasy juice. It's more of like a glue guy who kind of accumulates. And he's only had a couple chances to accumulate because of his body failing him. But I like Brian Anderson. I think in Milwaukee, he can be solid. Uh, He's having a nice start to the spring. And frankly, my biggest concern in spring is just to be on the field. And he is right now, whether he hits well or not, 
it's kind of incidental. It just so happens that he is going eight for 18 with a couple homers, six strikeouts and five walks and a steal, by the way. Um, so yeah, I think healthy Brian Anderson can be quite good uh, in Milwaukee. What say you? Um, I mean, he's been really hot in the spring and I think this is going to give him full-time plate appearances somewhere. Uh, the question is like, who's odd man out, I guess now. Um, I mean, we already have. Oh, Ty, I mean, Tyron Taylor got hurt, right? So I think that, you know, he just takes that right field spot. Yeah, that's where that's where we have him right okay. now is the right field for Brian Anderson. So that that makes sense because, I mean, he can't play center. And I, so I think Garrett Mitchell's yeah. kind of locked into like everyday plate appearances just because he can play uh, center. Uh, I think he needs to hit in order to fend off the, the uh, Freilichs and – uh, Joey Weimers, um, and there's another guy who I'm blanking on in the, this moment. Uh, uh, that you and Eric, uh, by the way, amazing podcast you did. Thank uh, two you. Podcasts you did with uh, Eric Loggenhagen. Appreciate that. Um, that was fantastic to listen to. The response has though, been huge. Even though I disagree with a lot of your hate towards Jared Kelnick, um, so that was the test to see if you were listening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I we, we, we had to smoke him and then see. Uh, I had to go buy know. a new phone because I threw mine out the window. Yeah, you slammed your phone. You're like, this is bullshit. Dude. He's I like, thought, I thought these guys were my friends. He was 80 miles an hour behind me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I think, yeah, I think there is some long term risk in playing time. But so I think I prefer him in a fab league rather than a DC where I should sure. drop him. Okay. But I think at this point, most people are drafting Fab Leagues anyways. So, yeah. yeah, you draft him, and if he gets Wally Pipped at some point, you just drop him. If a, if a Hall of Famer replaces him, yeah. then by all means. But uh, for now, I like Brian Anderson, and I'm eager to see him hopefully stay healthy this year. Let's move out to the outfield. You did include one of your go-tos, and I did as well. We both did. So we have a new guy and a guy that we've been talking up all, all offseason. So give us another TJ Friedel, Friedel spiel real quick before you go on to your second guy. I mean, I just love him. He's been great. He's hit homers off of righties, hit homers off of lefties. Um, I, You know, there, there's some talk that he might not lead off now. I still think there's a really good chance he does uh, – kind of get that leadoff spot, uh, but there's power speed uh, and it is clearly starting to become like this year's Cedric Mullins because the later we get in draft season, the more people jump me in draft season, <laughs> uh, which happened. If at you the don't Bar get the him in your main, I swear to God. <laughs> it happened to the Barf League draft um, on Saturday. Uh, uh, this is Richard Sands jumped into the 20th round to grab TJ Friedel right in front of me. So, oh, um, uh, yeah, hot, man. Uh, um, I'm going to be really bummed if I don't go to my main event, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Manuel Margot, like, uh, like I feel like he is gotten completely forgotten about. He's healthy right now. We know there's plenty of speed uh, and there's enough pop. He's going to play every day as long as he's healthy in that lineup um, in Tampa Bay. So I, I like Manny Margot as kind of like a post-hype breakout type sleeper. Yeah. And you've been on Margot for years. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the, there's a little punch, got some speed. The defense is great too. So if he is hitting, Margot isn't facing that issue where it's like, well, can we survive his glove, which some guys face, and that can be tough. And sometimes I think we forget that. You know, a guy I've been hyping up this year, Kerry Carpenter, there was just an article today about, like, he better be able to hit because right now that's a concern. But um, I definitely think that, you know, 
Manuel Margot has none of those issues. In fact, defense yeah. is usually his calling card, and so we'll see if he can get the uh, the bat going. He was. I like Terry Carpenter though. I, Carpenter, I do too. I, I like that call. I, I do too. I think he can hit twenty five on a even on a short side, even on a strong side platoon, and uh, but just hopefully his defense. He's not falling over himself because again, there was an article where they were saying, "Hey, we need him to make sure that he can he can play some defense." But they're the Tigers. Just uh, just play the best see, offensive guy. Did you see the pictures of Mickey? No. He got in shape. Oh, I mean, I saw him on the bench at the WBC, but I didn't. I didn't. He looked like he, he was leaning like up he, against it, so I couldn't tell that yeah, he was. He, he was looks like sharp. he dropped some lbs. Um, That'd be nice if he can get his lower half at all. Yeah. Then, then the field changes would help him too because Miggy's oppo power has always been a calling card. Obviously, not in recent years because when his you know his lower half has left him, he's lost that pop. And even if he were in shape, we're not talking like the return no. of Miggy, but it would be a- like AL only, like AL only yeah. upper teens homers with a decent average. Yeah. And that would be that would be go totally out fun. go out with a good season, go out Pujo style. Yes. I mean, hit a bunch of homers at the end. That would that would be awesome. Um, all right, my two guys. The one that uh, I, you've heard me talk about a bunch is Oswaldo Cabrera with the Yankees. You know, Eric did say that like he probably can't really play much third, so I've, I've been propping him up as a utility guy. He might not get into that third base mix all that much. I was unaware of how inept his offensive defense or offensive defense infield defense was because he has bricks for hands apparently, but he can play outfield defense. And right now he's penciled in in right field because uh, Bader's nicked another everyone's favorite favorite of mine. Yeah, Yeah. I mean they got they got injuries. This is another guy. Can can I go on a just a quick tangent real quick? Another time, another time where I said like, hey, don't draft this guy because he gets hurt all the time. And I got pushed. But now back. you don't get the benefit. But now I don't get the benefit because nobody's drafting him now that he's hurt. Get smoked, oh, idiot. Like the fantasy baseball gods are just like giving you the middle finger already. They're like they're like giving you semi W's, right? Like they're like, oh, you were right. So you get to say, like, oh, glass now. Yeah, I can see them right now, you. but at the end of the but season, you don't get anything yeah, for it. At the end of the season, I can't be like, look, I was right because everybody will have not drafted him. So like the, originally those were going to be like free picks for you. Like when, yeah. when glass now and Bader go, you're like, yes, I wasn't taking them anyway. Oh, throw them out early high. in auction. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah but no. now, no, they're on the even. If even I had field. here to pull out, I'd be pulling more of it. out. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Um, anyway, so Oswald Cabrera, big fan, power speed, really think he can play. Um, even if he isn't necessarily taking third base time because he has bricks for hands on the infield, I think he can hold his own in the outfield just fine. And I like that playing time there for the 24-year-old switch hitter. The other guy is somebody I'm doing a 180 on, and it is also related to the Eric Longenhagen discussion. It's Alec Thomas. We spent a lot of fall saying, where the hell is he going to play? Turns out where he's going to play is center field for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And so you might want to be a little bit shakier on your boys. Uh, those of you who are in them, I'm not pointing this at you, uh, Justin, but on, on your boy, Jake McCarthy, if you're a huge Jake McCarthy fan, because he could be in a little bit of heat. Um, obviously, I think it's Lord Els Gurriel Jr. is going to be in some heat. Well, he, got, he can DH. Yeah, but I mean, they're also going to want to DH other guys. Longo. 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 I, I, I figured Longo was exactly Kyle who you would Lewis, say. Actually, Kyle. no. Your boy. Seth Beer. Oh. Well, Long, Longo should be playing third over Rose. He should, but even I, at well, his age, I think I think Longo's short side platoon, at, at the very least. But I, I think uh, he'll get in 
some of those DA. I agree with you on the Guriel uh, worry. By the way, this is the but Josh Rojas should be playing some DH too. So like, I mean, yes, because he can't I, pick it. I think that really hurts Lord as Guriel Junior. Yeah. At least initially, until yeah. somebody falters. I mean, obviously, I mean Corbin Carroll now with the eight-year contract, he's <sighs> like he is there forever. And uh, again, another one of those guys that I've moved up recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's like my outfielder 13 right now. I think so, we both like, just started paying attention to our original projection, right? Because we both I talked gave, about how... I gave him four stolen bases and it moved him up like eight spots in my outfielder. You only have him for four, SB? <laughs> I can't even get the joke out. I moved him from like 23 to 27 stolen bases and it jumped him up like eight spots. So like... yeah. I'm for 28, um, and mm-hmm. he's my 16th outfielder. I have I have 16 homers, 270 average, and the homers might even be light. I understand that. I'm sticking with this right now. I might go even two more steals just to get him the uh, round number of 30. I know that 28 is an even number as well, but you know we live in z- zeros and fives in this world, so I might even just give him the 30 there. But I, I'm, I moved Carroll up. I stopped tamping down my projection because my projection had tamped down the minor league numbers. Like I already work from a regression regressed state and it was so high that I was like, Oh, this is, this just has to be too high. But all the reports were getting on him, whether it's Eric or other people in the industry, uh, everything he does is magic. Apparently. By uh, the way, the is, this, um, is this the anti giants team in terms of their defense? Their outfield yes. defense is going to be amazing. Yes. Uh, and their infield defense getting back uh, Nick Ahmed, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kettle Marte's healthy right now. Uh, Longo at third base. Like, this is a really, really good defense. That could, yeah, Kel- uh, Kelly's a solid catcher as well. Um, yeah, defense. And that might make you want to be a bit more in on your Zach Gallons, your Dre Jamisons, your Ryan Nelsons. I drafted uh, all three of them on Saturday. I love it. Not so much on Bumcarner and Davies, but, you know, they can be streamers too. So if, if, you, mm-hmm. if you really like them, then have fun. But, yeah, with Alec Thomas, we were worried about where he was going to play, and we were consistently saying, you know, Ross Resource has him out right now. I understand that because he didn't exactly tear up his 411 plate, uh, plate appearance sample. That's a big sample, and he didn't do that well, and I thought, well, they were going to push him down. The defense wins out. And looks right now, it's looking like he's going to be the starting center fielder. And so despite that modest performance, their commitment to him tells me that they believe that the bat can get back on track, too. Because he was another guy who had great minor league numbers, not to the level of Carroll, but Alec Thomas was hitting very well in the minors. So it was kind of surprising that he sucked shit in the majors. A 263 Babbitt will do that to you, though. He has decent enough plate skills, a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed, not much speed uh at all like compared to carol or anything too don't sometimes we interpret like great outfield defense as like he must be fast thus he must steal that is not the case for out thomas i would put him for like nine stolen bases on the high end but i think he can hit low teens homers six to nine steals and like a 270 average um I, i didn't project him that high but i think 270 is definitely in the cards i put him for more of i think 258 is where i put him and i think with him playing now again my my objection to him was definitely playing time and now that it looks like he's gonna break camp as a center fielder i am back in on alec thomas yeah i am too i actually gotta update his projection these are your best picks ever and i love you and i did not force him to do this there was no gunpoint making uh here to Forced Justin to pick these two starters. He just did this of his own volition. He's thinking very clearly today. So tell us your two starting pitcher sleepers. <laughs> so I didn't want to rehash the same guys I've rehashed. I'm still all in on Jose Suarez. I'm still all in on Kyle Bradish. Um, no matter what Nick Pollock tells me to do about Bradish. Uh, oh, he's anti-Bradish. <clears throat> he's anti-Bradish. Oh, 
Oh, okay. he's wrong. Well, and it's okay. I love Nick, he, but he's yeah. wrong. He is um, wrong. He's a smart guy, but he's very wrong here. Wrong. I love Kyle Bradish. Uh, Continue. So, but I wanted to talk about some guys I haven't talked about a ton this offseason uh, or draft season on the pod. Uh, and that's Eduardo Rodriguez and Matt Boyd. Um, Boyd boys, Ro- stand up. Rodriguez was going as a SP2 or 3 last year in drafts. And yes, he had the weird off the field issue, whether it was a marital issue or a mental health issue. Uh, or whatever, but it wasn't like, yes, he got injured, and that's what then led to him being gone for longer, but for the most part, he was healthy, and it was really an off-the-field issue that kind of wrecked his season, and he's looked fantastic in Mm -hmm. spring. Um, The velo is right where it should be. Uh, Command control looks really, really good. Um, He has been apparently like really great around the clubhouse uh, and even like yelled at one of his uh, teammates (laughs) from Venezuela for uh, doing exactly what he did last year, which was disappear from the team. Um, Oh, I can do that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow, you are not the person to be calling him out on that, but okay. (laughs) Um, So, uh, but yeah, he looks really, really good. And I think he's just been totally forgotten about. And yeah. Because on Detroit too for Edward Edward Rodriguez, yeah. so it's like easy but to kind of just be like even with them moving in the fences, like that's still a pretty good place to pitch. I agree. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like him. Matt Boyd is a complete upside play. He looks amazing during spring. Looks so good right now, man. I'm He's trying on to temper a one my year excitement. Deal, uh, and so they're just gonna let him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I think they'll ride him till the wheels fall off. The wheels may fall off at some point, but you're gonna get a boatload of strikeouts. As those get what you get until off. then. So, yep. Uh, I'm taking that gamble. Uh, and I think I drafted both these guys on Saturday as well. So, And the biggest issue on those park moves um, is to aid lefties. These guys are both lefties. They can mm-hmm. undercut that a little bit, right? Because yep. if, if the left-handers are getting the boost, well, lefty-lefty is difficult. So Boyd and Erod can help that. It might hurt this other guy, one, one of the guys on my list. We did not plan to go three Tigers here, but I'm putting Spencer Turnbull on my duo because – He's coming back from TJ, but he's coming off of the 18-month variety. And that is when I'm a little bit less concerned. Now, I still have some concern, but that's why he's a sleeper and he's a he's a super late pick, not somebody I'm trying to build my rotation around with Spencer Turnbull. Um, and I, he was pitching so well back in 2021 when he got hurt and he had had the no-hitter. He had a sub-3 ERA. The strikeouts were looking sharp, uh, or, or getting better, I should say, because they actually started a little light. But then he had had seven, nine three, six, and four. The three was the only bad one there. Um, and he got hurt on June 4th. So he had late ju- late June TJ of 2021. So he's been out for well over a year. He's going to come back. Um, there might be a few ups and downs because he is coming back from TJ, but usually when they have the longer extended uh, uh, return, it's not as bad of an issue with coming back from TJ. So I'm back in on Spencer Turnbull. I think he can have a solid season. And again, the Tigers, like with these guys, like what are they going to do? Baby Turnbull, Erod, and Boyd? No, you let these guys go. They should be pitching six innings every time out, uh, darn near, unless obviously they're having a really bad outing. And there won't be many win opportunities that, because they're not very good, but good ratios, good strikeouts, and hopefully at least a handful of wins there if the Tigers aren't uh, completely inept in the, as opposed to maybe just a regular bad team as opposed to a horrendously bad team. And then the guy I mentioned earlier, he's fighting for a spot right now, and he might not get it. So keep that in mind. Dre Jameson, love him over in Arizona. If he doesn't break camp, 
I would not draft him. I would just I would just kind of keep an eye on him and watch list him for for fab leagues. But I picked him in dra- uh, draft and hold leagues. Stand by that. That was definitely something I wanted to do. But I'm a big fan of Dre Jameson. I like him a bit better than Ryan Nelson. And uh, obviously the 24 inning sample that he had was really sharp. His minor league record last year in AAA was really bad. I think a lot of that is owed to the environment. His home run rate was through the roof, and it was just really difficult for him. Uh, it was difficult for Ryan Nelson, too. They both struggled, and they came up to the majors and said, no, we're actually pretty decent pitchers. And I like what Arizona does with pitching. It's a good place to pitch. I think uh, they have solid track record here of, of developing some guys. Obviously, Zach Gallon, the best of them. And I like Dre Jameson. What do you think of Turnbull and Jameson? Uh, Turnbull, I'm not real interested in. He would violate my. I, I don't draft guys coming off of Tommy John. That's but, fine. Um, you don't make I, any exception for the 18 month. Not really. I mean, okay. I think the the exception comes in is like I'm somewhat interested in drafting Maeda this year because he's on the last year of his contract, and I think they will just let him go. Uh, but he's and he's also super cheap. And I mean, Turnbull's really cheap too, obviously. Um, but for there's the a most lot of part, history right? of quality for me. My, pardon me for interrupting you. There's a lot of history of Maeda being a badass too that Turnbull yeah. does not have. So that's exactly. that's another big difference between them. So I'm mean, I'm just not going to. I got. I mean, I think he probably gets capped at like 120 innings, and how many of them are going to be good? How much command control Ooh. issues is he going to have? I think um, he's going to pitch over that unless he gets hurt again. I think Turnbull because his previous high is 148. I think that will be used as a guide more so than coming off of TJ. So unless there's big issues here, I'm not sure that there's going to be any kid gloves on. He's 29 years old. What are they protecting? I don't know. And you so, know, they're not trying I, to keep this here. So I think they'll just be a, they might be a little bit more careful with them than I think uh, your your tenant of not drafting TJ's is fine. I, I I'm not going to disagree with that because I generally hold to that. It's the 18 months where I make a bit more of an exception. Um, and I think as, as somebody, he's actually going to be age 30, by the way, not age 29, because he missed his age 29 season. But anyway, I totally get that. What about Dre Jamison in Arizona? Okay, so I drafted both Dre Jamison and Ryan Nelson together okay. on Saturday. Because you love one of them and Eno. One of them's going to get that fifth starter job. Um, yes. Nelson's stuff is unreal. Um, but the results have not been good in the spring. So it kind of depends on... What do you think the Diamondbacks as an organization is go- going to trust? Are they going to trust? Are they going to go, hey, like you pick, you know, like the results sucked. You got hit around. You walked too many guys. So we're going to send you back down to the minor leagues or put you in the bullpen to start uh, or and go with Dre Jamison, who has had better results. But this no, stuff he, no, he hasn't. That the, he's getting killed. Well, he has had better results only because it's the 1350 ERA to 745. They've both given yeah. up eight earned. It's just that uh, Jameson has a few more innings. So they're both struggling on the results piece. God, it's going to end up being like Tommy Henry. Yeah, it's going to be someone like Tommy Henry. Uh, I'm going to try and end up dropping both these guys before the start of the season. Probably. <laughs> I think I like Dre Jameson better just because I think his command and control is a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got a higher floor than uh, Ryan Nelson. I think in your shallow leagues, I think Ryan Nelson's the guy to go for because I think his potential is higher than a guy like Dre Jamison. Okay. But I think in 12 and 15 team leagues, you should probably go Dre Jamison and uh, and then hope for the best. But like I said, I, I mean, in Barf, I drafted both of them. You got both. And I'm going to make the decision once I know who's in the rotation. Who's not. I may end up dropping both of them. I may end up being able to keep one of them. Uh, Arizona also has a really tough schedule starting yes, out. So, 
Um, they've got the Dodgers twice in the first month uh, and San Diego and a trip to Colorado. So, like, um, honestly, outside of Zach Gallen, you probably shouldn't draft any of these guys in 10 or 12 team links and just pick them up off the waiver wire once they get through that early stretch. Yeah, if they get knocked around, get cut, then you go back and get Jamison or Nelson. Same with the Nationals. The Nationals have a really tough schedule. So, like, like I have drafted Mackenzie Gore yes. and Josiah Gray, but, like, in your shallower leagues, you shouldn't. You should wait till some they get blown up in their first couple starts and then pick them up. I like that. Um, and as you know, we talk about how you should pay attention to strikeouts and walks in spring, even more so than like the ERA. And Jameson does have that 745 ERA, but he does have 12 strikeouts and three walks in nine and two thirds. Yeah. Jameson only has the four K's and five walks in five and a third. So his his components are a little rough too. I wouldn't go crazy on either of their spring numbers. But um, Jameson at least is putting up a, a few more uh, uh, skills than we're seeing mm -hmm. out of J uh, Nelson right now. For the relievers, we both went uh, on lesser teams. I stole your guy, so I'll talk about Michael Fulmer real yeah. quick before I give you yours. But, yeah, we both like Michael Fulmer. I think uh, Reliever Recon is going to get Michael Fulmer's price pushed way up. By the way, you should absolutely be subscribed to Reliever Recon on Patreon. It is an absolutely wonderful tool. They do such brilliant work, whether you're in saves holds, saves only leagues, whatever it is, they've got you covered on relievers like you would not believe. It. Reliever Recon by Greg Jewett and company, including – our uh, guest from Friday, Eric Samolsky, he's done some work for them. But that boy, Michael Fulmer, I'm going Homer again here, the, you know, indirect Homer because he's no longer a Tiger. <laughs> but he's looking sharp coming off of uh, a, a mediocre season last year. You know, 339 ERA, 137 whip, nothing too special. But he's looking really sharp right now. He's shown bat missing ability before. That is a wide open job right now. Michael Fulmer could take it. He has some closing experience there that might be able to earn him the gig. Nothing crazy. He had 14 saves in 2021. But I do think that if he – shows himself to be really sharp, that they'll go to him as the guy. I don't think a Brandon Hughes or Brad Boxberger, or even somebody I do like, like an Adbert Alzale, are really going to push Fulmer out if he's doing the damn thing from day one. So I like Michael Fulmer. I think he's a great third closer to go for after you get your, your stud, your mid-tier, and then you go for – at least that's how I want to break it down. I want to get a stud, somebody in the middle, and then Fulmer as my RP3. Yeah, that's exactly. I, I think you nailed it. I mean, I'm not really going to add much to it. I think – uh, he is my like top uh, RP three target. Like I just, he's a guy I want to get because uh, I do think he's going to end up closing there. You're going to somebody who has is being forgotten, and it's partly because he's on a crappy team. But Danny Jimenez for Oakland had 11 saves last year, and Trevor May is getting paid, but I don't think he like has to be the closer. First off, he doesn't have a ton of experience there, and he's not somebody that I think is going to be like, I better be the closer, or else I'm going to pitch a fit. So I think he'd be fine if he was just the fireman, Trevor Maywood, and then Danny Jimenez could close. Talk to us a bit about the Oakland righty. Yeah, I mean, I love Jeff Zimmerman's Mining the News, and Jeff Zimmerman's Mining the News uh, a few editions ago said that Danny Jimenez is the potential uh, likely closer. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was before A.J. Puck had been traded. Now that A.J. Puck's gone, yeah. still another guy not to compete with. Uh, and he's going like extremely cheap. We're talking like like pick six hundred in in draft champions. So like in your in your non draft champions leagues, he is literally free. Uh, and I'm taking him in the last round of every draft because if he's not the closer, we'll know. I mean, they he's have to win a game in the first two weeks. I think <laughs> at some point. You so think? And they're not going to score a lot of runs with those wins. So there's going to be a save opportunity. So we'll know pretty quick whether or not yes. he's the closer or not. And if he's not, then I'll drop him. And oh well, he's my you know I'll go you know, 
check for a third. He's literally your thirtieth pick, right? In, yeah. in in main event or um, NFBC online championship, like. He could, if you get scooped on Fulmer, who's going a few picks ahead of him here, you just go to Danny Jimenez, another bad team closer. Although I think the Cubs will definitely be quite a bit better than Oakland, but still, same concept of lower tier teams closer. And he did the job for a decent bit last year. And like I said, May is not somebody who's going to force his way in and be like, I'm the closer. This is my job. Cause yeah. he, he doesn't care. He's just going to pitch where they tell him to. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. There's our sleepers post pick 300, according to the Rotowire online championship. Again, if there's anybody we didn't include that you would like to have uh, a discussion about, hit us up on Twitter at Spore at Justin Mason FWFB. Justin, um, we'll figure out what we're going to do for this week because obviously we'll be in. Yeah, we're going to be in New York. So, so um, there might not be an episode, we might record I'm, earlier. We'll figure it out. But yeah, stay it may tuned. not be anything until Monday. So yeah, yeah. Uh, stay tuned on that. But yeah, uh, looking forward to seeing you, buddy. I'll see Can't you. wait to see you, bud. You got to keep me warm. Off. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you right a big there. bear hug. Thank yeah, you. I'll be there, baby. All right, man. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.